Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 9th. Coming up, Democrats made gains in the Kansas House this fall by winning in suburban areas, but it wasn't enough for some Democratic candidates to overcome Republican dominance in rural counties. I went to 7,000-plus doors, and what I found is they don't have the foggiest idea of what's going on in Topeka. We'll hear how a growing urban-rural divide will impact the Kansas legislature. Plus, in Missouri, a new law took effect this month that's part of a broader push to change the way Missouri kids learn to read. We want to ensure that when you hear conversations across the nation about states who have been successful with reading improvement, Missouri needs to be part of that conversation. We'll hear how reading lessons in your child's classroom could soon change. But first, our weekly roundup of the latest government and politics news on both sides of the state line. The Missouri General Assembly convened ceremonially last week, electing leaders and holding the inaugural ball under the Capitol Dome. This week, it gets down to business, and Republicans who hold a supermajority in both chambers say cutting taxes is at the top of their agenda. Sarah Kellogg reports. During his speech to House members on the first day, new Speaker Dean Plocker mentioned passing further tax cuts as something he would like to see accomplished this year. On the Senate side, Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Brown said he would not feel uncomfortable passing new cuts, but it depends on what they would look like. But Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo said he doesn't know any businesses who are asking for another tax cut. No one is running around saying, man, these taxes in Missouri are just killing us. We're not going to relocate there because of this or because of that. It's all about workforce. It is all about workforce development. Just this past fall, lawmakers gathered for a special session and passed an income tax cut and a series of agricultural tax credits. Lucas Kuntz, who ran unsuccessfully for the U.S. Senate for Missouri last year, says he'll try again, challenging incumbent Senator Josh Hawley in 2024. Kuntz's announcement came on January 6th. That was not an accident. He's seeking to link Hawley with the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol two years ago on that date. Kuntz tweeted that Hawley is, quote, a fraud and a coward. His announcement video shows Hawley giving his now-famous fist pump to protesters and then plays the video of him fleeing the Senate chamber on January 6th. This guy. Or maybe you'd better recognize him running for his life a few hours later. I swear, this coward's always running from something. Kuntz, a Marine veteran and antitrust attorney, was seen as the leading Democratic candidate for Senate in 2022 before Trudy Bush Valentine entered the race late and got the nomination. She lost to Republican Eric Schmidt in November. Open government advocates are lauding a Kansas Supreme Court decision interpreting the state's open records law. The court ruled Friday that government agencies must provide access to public records in the format in which those records are maintained. That means agencies can't, for example, print out a screenshot of an Excel spreadsheet, which could make it harder for journalists and others to use that information. Now they have to provide the digital Excel file. Max Couch with the Kansas Coalition for Open Government represented the plaintiff in the case. This is a a very significant ruling to any member of the public who is interested in shedding light on what the government is up to. And this ruling streamlines that process. He said the decision will help make Kansas government more transparent. And Kansas lawmakers returned to the statehouse today with a budget surplus amounting to more than $2 billion. How the legislature's Republican leaders and Democratic Governor Laura Kelly used that money could define the 2023 legislative session. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports. Along with some tax cuts, Kelly is proposing budget increases. 
That includes raising the amount of money going to special education in public schools. Currently, the state only covers part of what it's supposed to fund under state law. The Kansas Association of School Boards estimates that the state is about $110 million short of fully funding special education this school year. But Kelly says the state may not be able to close the gap immediately. So we may phase it in uh, over time so that we're not disrupting uh, services to any other entity. Republican lawmakers rarely back Kelly's plans. They could seek different tax cuts or other new spending. We'll have more on the state of Kansas politics right after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. When the Kansas legislature convenes at 2 p.m. today, three new Democratic representatives will take seats they flipped from Republican control in the state's most populated county. But the party lost seats elsewhere, and conservatives kept their vice grip on the state legislature. As Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports, the election revealed a growing urban-rural divide in the state. I'm in Overland Park practically the center of Johnson County in Kansas. Hi, Ed. Where the state's divide between urban and rural could hardly be more clear. Okay, my name is Ed Reutz, the Kansas House District 16. I met Ed Reutz, a Republican who ran for the Kansas House last fall. Reutz thought his campaign message to lower taxes would resonate with his neighbors. But his campaign ran into a changing electorate. One voter told him she likes paying taxes. And she was convinced that the only reason that we have it, quote unquote, so good here in Johnson County and Overland Park is because the taxes are so high. Meanwhile, in the western Kansas town of Hayes, Democrat Edward Hammond also found himself out of step with voters, but in a rural district. He called for expanding Medicaid and increasing funding for special education. I went to 7,000 plus doors, and what I found is they don't have the foggiest idea of what's going on in Topeka. Both the Reutz and Hammond campaigns ran into a starkly divided Kansas. Urban areas are turning to Democrats, and rural areas remain as Republican as ever. So even as Johnson County sends a voting block of Democrats to Topeka, they fall in a legislative minority and are likely to lose more than they win against Republicans from the state's small towns and countryside. State Representative Stephanie Clayton of Overland Park is a one-politician microcosm of changing Johnson County. She was elected as a Republican in 2012, but she switched to the Democratic Party in 2018. More Democrats have been elected in the county since. We're mostly calm, middle-of-the-road, pro-education people who just want to make sure that women have a right to choose and that our kids don't get shot at school. But the party still faces a significant uphill battle against Republicans, who almost exclusively control vast rural areas of the state. The GOP still holds more than two-thirds of both the House and Senate. 
That's a supermajority that can override governor vetoes and send constitutional amendments to voters without bipartisan support. Nathaniel Burkhead is a political scientist at Kansas State University. He says rural voters may help Republicans keep that advantage for the foreseeable future. If they're not going more red, then they're certainly staying very red. Democrats have done well turning the tide for statewide races, like re-electing Governor Laura Kelly. That may be because those races get more coverage in the news, while local races get little. Burkhead says that leads to voters sticking with their preferred party further down the ballot. That's where the partisanship really just rules the day. The result is rural Republican lawmakers having a stronger voice than the urban area Democrats. For example, the House has a committee just for rural issues, but no urban counterpart. And Johnson County's Democrats will have a harder time securing state dollars during budget negotiations that Republicans lead. To start flipping seats in rural areas, Democrats could learn from Kelly. She made more inroads in rural areas than other statewide Democratic candidates, partly because of the state's all-time low unemployment rate and the fact that she just landed a $4 billion manufacturing plant. Emma O'Brien of the Kansas Democratic Party says their candidates can win rural elections by modeling Kelly. You know, leave no stone unturned, talk to every single voter, and, and continue to grow and expand on that. In the meantime, the Kansas legislature will continue to focus on conservative ideas, like cutting taxes and banning transgender girls from girls' sports. Lawmakers return to Topeka for the 2023 session on January 9th. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Dylan Lyson in Overland Park. KCUR's Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. You can find more at ksnewsservice.org. Missouri education leaders are pushing for a big change in the way children are taught to read. From St. Louis Public Radio, Kate Grumke reports on the science-backed methods coming to classrooms across the state in the new year. My word is whisper. Which word begins with the same sound? Kitten or whisker? Whisker! It's a Monday afternoon at Kip Victory Academy in St. Louis's West End neighborhood. First graders are getting fidgety in anticipation of recess, but they're powering through for their teacher, Allison Feldman. She wears a headset that amplifies her voice as she leads the kids through exercises. They're learning how letter sounds combine to make words. Damn! Damn! Change the... Feldman is using methods that research has shown are super effective for teaching kids to read. And something seems to be working in this school. Kip Victory Academy students' English language test scores are growing faster than any other elementary school in Missouri. But the way Feldman and her colleagues teach is not what you would find in most classrooms, or even in her school a few years ago. It's based on something called the science of reading. It's just a collection of solid research that shows how kids learn how to read. That's Matt Burns, a professor of special education at the University of Missouri. He says research has shown there are two important things readers need to be good at. One is language comprehension, basically understanding the meaning of a word. The other is actually being able to read those words. And within reading the words, within the, that side of the equation, there's lots of things that can come into play, like knowing how to sound out the words, like knowing that words are made of sounds. For many years, though, different ideas about teaching kids to read have made their way into about three out of four classrooms across the country. 
those methods put less of a focus on research-backed teaching. They put more of a focus on things like encouraging kids to look at pictures in a book, to guess a word they don't know based on the image. I think those are still pretty commonly used here in Missouri, but I've seen a lot of schools moving away from that. Missouri education leaders are trying to get schools to move toward the science of reading even faster. At December's State Board of Education meeting, the stakes were clear. We're going to talk about the NAEP scores. Uh, Sometimes this is referred to in the media as the nation's report card. Missouri, along with the nation, saw some very steep decline. Education leaders looked at charts during the presentation. They showed Missouri students have seen consistent declines in reading scores since 2015, with a big drop after the start of the pandemic. Uh, This is historic. Uh, We've never seen anything like this. So what's the solution? One familiar phrase kept coming up at the meeting. The science of reading. Science of reading. With the science of reading. State education leaders are doing a few things to promote this. They're rolling out a big statewide effort to get teachers through an intensive professional development program on the science of reading. It can take about 160 hours to complete over the course of two years. The state wants 15,000 kindergarten through fifth grade teachers to go through this training. So far, about 9,000 have at least started it. There are also new laws in place. One makes this a required topic for teachers to learn in college. Another law that takes effect this month requires new reading testing for kindergarten through third graders and intensive instruction for students who are found to be struggling. What we have incorporated in this bill is huge. That's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education Deputy Commissioner Tracy Hines. We want to ensure that when you hear conversations across the nation about states who have been successful with reading improvement, Missouri needs to be part of that conversation. Back in KIPP schools in St. Louis, about 70% of elementary reading teachers have already begun the science of reading training the state is promoting. Again, we're going to line up. In Allison Feldman's class, students line up for the recess they've been waiting for. It's not very cold outside, but you have to bring your clothes. Feldman has been teaching at KIPP for six years. She says the way her school teaches reading now is very different from a few years ago. We weren't really teaching kids to listen to the sounds and words. Now she's a few years into teaching this way, and she's about halfway through the training. I really enjoy it. It's just a very deep dive into the curriculums that I'm teaching and kind of the why behind everything. It has changed my perspective a lot. Soon, education leaders hope more Missouri teachers will change their perspectives, too. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of the Missouri and Kansas legislative sessions from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Nomi Nujiadeen's back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.